Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me on my drive to work this morning. We got a lot to cover. NBA trade deadline happened last week. Lakers played the Golden State Warriors. Have a game coming up tonight against the Utah Jazz. Let's jump into it. All right, so the NBA trade deadline was almost a week ago from today. It was last Thursday, ended around noon. Well, ended at noon Pacific time, 3 o'clock Eastern time. And the Lakers did diddly squat. They didn't do anything by the end of the trade deadline. I'm a little late on this, but between the Super Bowl over the weekend and my Rams win the Super Bowl and all that stuff, didn't really have much time to get a podcast out over the weekend. So we're talking about it now. NBA trade deadline took place Thursday. Lakers did nothing. And that was kind of to be expected, unfortunately. I mean, if you were to ask me, should the Lakers make a move by the end of the trade deadline, I would have said yes. They are in a spot where they should definitely make a move. They, at the time of the trade deadline, were, I think, four games below 500. They're now, since then, five games below 500. And things aren't working. Things just aren't working for the Lakers. Unfortunately, because we constructed a terrible roster over the offseason, we literally can't make a trade, couldn't make a trade. Any trade that we looked into that Rob Palenka asked about, looked into, couldn't happen. We couldn't make a trade for for anybody because at the end of the day, the, the teams wanted too much. There was rumors that, there, that the Lakers were looking into trading for John Wall, Russell Westbrook for John Wall, but the Rockets wanted more than the Lakers were willing to give. And they can do that because they knew the Lakers were desperate. They knew the Lakers wanted to get off of Russell Westbrook. They knew that Russell Westbrook hadn't been playing well for the Lakers. And so they were more in the driver's seat than the Lakers were, and they could demand more things. So Lakers were in a terrible position in the trade deadline, but it is what it is. It's all over now. I mean, the Lakers didn't do anything. Uh, Lakers will have to focus more on the buyout market and what players they can get to kind of help the team get a little better. To be honest, the the rumors that were floating around for the Lakers and the trade deadline were, it wasn't like anything outstanding, you know, it wasn't anything that I felt like would change the game for the Lakers all that much or move the needle all that much, you know, even to the, like the John Wall for Russell Westbrook situation, it's like, yeah, that might be a better situation, John Wall might be better, but he hasn't played all season, you know, so it's like, at least Russell Westbrook's been playing all season. I don't know that John Wall would have been a better situation than Russell Westbrook. So I think what it comes down, it just comes down to like the Lakers were already in a bad position. None of the players available to the Lakers could have even traded for. We're really going to make that much of a difference. And we are where we're at. So trade deadline, trade deadline passed on Thursday. You know, it sounded like from what the team, like I think LeBron was saying this, or people, the team were saying that like it's now that the trade deadline's over, it's kind of like a cloud is is off of the Lakers. There was a bit of a, like a dark cloud over the team leading up to the trade deadline, just knowing that the Lakers were looking to do something, trying to trade somebody, and not knowing what was going to happen. I get that. That's a tough situation. Now, now that the trade deadline's passed, hopefully that helps the Lakers bond better as a team really realizing that they're in it for the long haul at least for the remainder of the season and see what they can do about it I mean they maybe they can put on a run I I don't know at this point Lakers are in the ninth seed five games below 500 
But they got to start winning games now. I mean, if they want to really be able to do anything in the playoffs, have a chance, they got to start winning. And I mean, they'll at this point they'll be in the play-in tournament. But again, that's no guarantee to actually get into the playoffs. Play-in tournament is doesn't really mean a whole lot, especially to Lakers fans that are expecting championships. Right? It's like a play-in tournament, whether you make the playoffs from the playing tournament or not is a disappointment is a disappointment of a season and a major disappointment for what we were anticipating this season with the big move I mean the Lakers made a big move quote-unquote by acquiring Russell Westbrook the team thought that was going to be a, a championship level move and it's been the complete opposite of that so they're in a bad spot Lakers are five games below 500 and I don't have a whole lot of hope at this point. I go into every game like thinking, well, the Lakers should win this game, or they can win this game, I should say. But I don't have any expectation that they actually will win the game. That's basically what the season's boiling down to, and that's every game they play. That's playing awful teams like the Thunder, and that's playing great teams like the Suns and the Warriors. It's like they can win. It could at least be a close game, but will they win? I have no idea. I'm going to – you have to go into every game assuming the Lakers are going to lose, pretty much. That's how they've been playing. So, trade deadline came and went. Nothing happened. A lot of Lakers fans are upset by this, which I get. I mean, it's a frustrating situation to not be able to make a move when you have a team with three superstars. You can't trade it, either one of them. You know, the biggest trade move – the biggest move that happened over the trade deadline was – James Harden getting traded for Ben Simmons. There are more, but that was like the those were the main two pieces in the trade. So Ben Simmons goes to Brooklyn. James Harden goes to the Sixers. You know, there was a lot of people trying to like say see if the Lakers could trade for Ben Simmons, which I would have been open to potentially. But so like that obviously didn't happen for good reason, considering the trade that actually did happen. And then like I mentioned, I think they were looking at Josh Richardson from the Celtics trading. Taylor Horton Tucker for him right it's like I got to a point during the trade deadline where like I was seeing what the rumors were and I'm like at this point trading Taylor Horton Tucker is not where I mean he's 21 years old he yeah he's had a disappointing season and but I think that Lakers fans myself included have been a little bit our perspective has been a little off when it comes to THT just because he's so young he's 21 years old this the NBA we all know this the NBA is a league for vets it's a veteran run league and the fact that THT is even in the conversation of being a a contributor to the Lakers at 21 years old is pretty impressive so I got to a point where I was seeing what the rumors were who the people the people that the Lakers were inquiring about and it just didn't seem worth it to me it's like let's hold on to THT let's see what we can do and not just move off of him just because we need to make a move right that was the thing that everyone was floating around on Thursday was you know no trade is better than a bad trade which it sounds cliche but it's true I mean I would much rather not make a trade hold on to THT than trade him for someone like Josh Richardson that not work out and then we're down you know we're now we don't have a young promising prospect right so at least we have him there's been a lot of rumors, like, I, I think I've, I haven't really listened to it, but I saw that Stephen A. is saying that the Lakers should be looking to trade Anthony Davis. 
which I know we've had a lot of questions on the podcast about, like, should the Lakers move off Anthony Davis? Depends on what the deal is, right? It's like no player, really, in my opinion, maybe aside from, like, Giannis, and maybe, well, Kevin Durant's getting old, but maybe Kevin Durant, and maybe LeBron, I guess, but, like, no player outside of those three, in my opinion, should be untouchable, right? Like, non-tradable. Anthony Davis, I love Anthony Davis. I think he has a lot of potential when he plays his best. He doesn't always play his best. He gets hurt, which is frustrating. But at his best, which was basically what we saw in the 2019-2020 season, he's a dominant force that any team would be lucky to have. And I and I think given that season alone was worth trading for him. That being said, like I mentioned, no, no player outside of like the top three best players in the league are really untouchable. Maybe you throw Steph Curry in there as well. Like, there's a trade out there for every team, depending on what the team construction looks like and all that stuff. So Anthony Davis, right, depends on what the deal, the deal would be. I would be open to trading Anthony Davis if we got a, a stellar deal out of it. But just moving off of him because he's having a down season or he's being inconsistent or whatever... I don't know if that's worth it. And, and, you know, the Russell Westbrook stands will say, like, well, what about Russell Westbrook? He's having an offseason. He's inconsistent, and you want to trade him. Uh, it's different. Russell Westbrook is an Anthony Davis, right? I don't think I have to explain that too much. So, at this point with the Lakers, like, they've put themselves in a bad position. They've dug their own grave. Now they have to do what they have to do to get out of it. And if trading Anthony Davis is that solution, I might not agree with it. Again, I can't speak to hypotheticals because I don't know what the trade package would be like who the Lakers would be getting so it's really hard to talk to because I think it's low it's like the cliche right no trade is better than a bad trade trading Anthony Davis if you get back certain players could be great but if you get back crappy players would be bad right so yeah I don't I don't know having dominant big men that can move like Anthony Davis and can rebound and shoot like Anthony Davis and play defense like Anthony Davis is not very common in the NBA today. Not very common. It wasn't common in the NBA. It hasn't been common in the NBA ever, right? Like, he's a he is a unicorn of an NBA player. He just happens to be injury-prone. And that's really his biggest Achilles heel. I hope that... Not to jinx anything. Jesus, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> um, but, like, his the injuries have been the biggest damper to his career so far um, but he still has he's gone a championship with the Lakers he brought a championship to the Lakers like I will I will back Anthony Davis for for some time until so we'll see I mean we'll see what happens but that being said like the Lakers a lot of fans upset that they couldn't make a move which I again I mentioned I get it but the Lakers weren't in a position to make a move and I kind of talked about this a little bit before the trade deadline happened like it would be awesome if the Lakers could do this, this, and this, and trade for this, but I don't see that happening, right? It's like, it's a great idea, right? Like, the whole talk about, like, trading what Russell Westbrook for Damian Lillard, you know? It's like, in one sense, it didn't seem that far-fetched, only because the Blazers traded CJ McCollum to the Pelicans, and, like, it kind of seemed like they were, and they traded Norman Powell, and, like, it kind of seemed like maybe they were, like, you know, maybe blowing things up a little bit. So, like, maybe, you know, when that happens, you trade your star guy, you get him out so he can go flourish elsewhere, right? Like, 
that kind of seemed like what might what might have been happening. So like I didn't feel like it was super far fetched to give it a, a slight conversation, you know. But at the same time, you look at it from the Blazers standpoint, like from a, a value standpoint, just because Damian Lillard and, and Russell Westbrook have a similar salary, where you could actually you could make that trade, doesn't mean that trade is worth making. Doesn't mean the Blazers would accept that trade by any means, unless maybe the Lakers threw in some first round picks and, and some other incentive incentivizing situations into the deal. So the Lakers, while we can throw those things around, like Damian Lillard and and John Wall and all this stuff, it doesn't mean that the other teams want Russell Westbrook. There's a reason the Lakers are trying to trade Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook was playing so bad to the point where he's getting benched at the end of games because Frank Vogel can't have him in there. Which, by the way, I agree with. Like, I've said this from the beginning of the season. Like, Russell Westbrook can't be in the in at the end of the games. Like, he just makes dumb plays. He can't shoot the basketball. There's been multiple games where the Lakers have been down to the last second, down by two, where the, the play ends up being. And in these games, like, sometimes LeBron has been out or Anthony Davis has been out, but, like, Russell Westbrook just dribbles the ball for seven seconds and jacks up a three to try and win the game and misses it. Like, that's not his game. He's not a three-point shooter. If you want to try and win the game, right, like get it to Wayne Ellington, get it to Carmelo Anthony, get it to even, I mean, hell, Austin Reeves had a game-winning shot, game-winning three against the Mavericks earlier this season. Get to Austin Reeves. Russell Westbrook shouldn't be the guy taking the three to try and win the game. It just is how it is. So not only does he make mistakes down the stretch, in a regular team setting, but, and I don't know if it's Frank Vogel calling that play or if it's Russell Westbrook just going rogue, right? Like, I have no idea. Either way, he is a part of the equation of a terrible end-of-the-game plan, right? So, Russell Westbrook, he's getting benched at the end of games. Like, teams don't want to trade for him. The Lakers had no trade pieces. Everyone else, we have, uh, you know, we have, what, THT was basically THT Kendrick Nunn, who by the way still hasn't stepped on the court for the Lakers, and Russell Westbrook were basically our only trade pieces. Outside of like, I mean, Anthony Davis could have been there, but like they weren't going to trade Anthony Davis. Same with LeBron James. So we our trade pieces were Kendrick Nunn, Russell Westbrook, and THT. Tell me what team wants that? The Pacers were making moves. They traded for. Uh, they traded Sabonis to the Kings for, like, Tyrese Halliburton and um, Marvin Bagley, I think, maybe. And so, like, they were making moves. So, like, some Lakers fans were thinking, like, oh, the Pacers are making moves. Maybe we can get Miles Turner. I think maybe a Spencer Dinwiddie also that they traded. Anyways, like, they were like, maybe we can get Miles Turner. The Pacers are making moves. They're, they're looking for trades, which they were, but they weren't looking for the trades that the Lakers could, could give them, right? So... Just a, a disappointing, a disappointing trade. Like the trade deadline, I will say was disappointing in the sense that the Lakers should have been in a position to make a move, and they weren't. That's the most frustrating thing. It's not that they didn't make a move. It's not that. It's really only the the, the disappointing thing is that the Lakers messed the team up so much in the off season that they couldn't even make a trade at the trade deadline. That's pretty bad. So that's the disappointing thing there trade deadline came and went to, to be optimistic to go back to what I was saying earlier we have to just hope that the Lakers can 
now build some chemistry knowing that the team is there, the team is what it is, maybe we'll get some guys in the buyout market, and, and figure it out and go from there. Lakers got to win games, so hopefully we can get Russell Westbrook to to buy into the situation. I mean, the next, the only next thing that can potentially happen that the Lakers might do is fire Frank Vogel, which, again, he's been, in my opinion, he's been put into a bad position. I don't think this is really his fault. I will say, like, even last season, though, when the team was better, there were some questionable rotation situations given, like, you know, Andre Drummond would start and then Montrez Harrell would never play. Like, his rotation of big men was kind of weird, where, like, Montrez Harrell... He's an undersized big man, but he still was effective. And he wouldn't get playing time over Andre Drummond and Marc Gasol. It just was a weird situation. Same thing this season. There's been weird rotation situations. Like, he's just trying to figure things out and doesn't know what he's what he wants to do. Or he has an idea, but he needs to, to figure it out. And So, I don't know. There's been some weird stuff with him in that sense, which I do agree with. Do I think that's a fireable offense? I don't know. Not with the roster construction he's been given this season. The most fireable person for the Lakers right now, given what happened, like given where the Lakers are and what caused the Lakers to be where they're at, is is Rob Palenka. Yes, he's made some good moves. Yes, he did. He set up a team that won a championship in a season where people thought that the Lakers weren't going to win a championship. That's great. He made moves to like, get Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell last season, Marcus All last season. Great. Unfortunately, nothing came of it due to injuries. I think that team could have been a championship contending team. Injuries killed them. And then this season, the team, I mean, injuries have also hurt this team as well. But you have to look at it like the Lakers are like the oldest team in the league by on average. So it kind of makes sense that you're going to be injury ridden given the age of the team and all that stuff. So I mean, the the roster has just been terrible. Lakers can't do anything. LeBron and Anthony Davis have no help. And it sucks. So can the Lakers change things up? Well that's what we that's that's what we have to wait and see for the rest of the season. There's only a few months left, a couple months left, so time is of the of the essence. I have faith in LeBron. If anyone can can turn things around, he can be the catalyst of that which is great. Anthony Davis, if he can stay healthy, he's been playing well since he came back from his knee injury. And then Russell Westbrook just has to step it up, which he he's just been inconsistent. He played well against the Warriors on Saturday, which we'll get into in a sec. But the past few games, he, he's played terrible. So I, it just you don't know what to expect from the Lakers, and it's a t- it's a it's been a tough season so far. Trade deadline was a disappointing situation for sure. But time to move on from that and see what we can get in the buyout market and see what we can do the rest of the season. All right, so I'm going to jump into talking about the Warriors game on Saturday. So the Lakers actually played decent in this game. They lost by two points, 117 to 115. You got to remember the Warriors are the second best team in the league this year. They are playing well. Clay Thompson's playing well. He's back. He's playing well. Steph Curry. The Warriors are a good team this season, and the Lakers, they went up and they battled and they contended in this game, and they had a chance to win this game. So in that sense, I am not 
super frustrated. It's always there's always frustrating things in a loss, a close loss, because a close loss means that you were in a position where you could have won the game. So the Lakers definitely could have won this game. They were they had a lead for they had a lead a decent lead, like a six five to six point lead late in the game. Lakers had a chance to win this game. They had multiple chances. Down to the point where with two seconds left, Lakers were down by three. LeBron James got fouled taking a three-pointer, meaning he had three free throws to tie the game. He stepped up to the free throw line and missed his first free throw, meaning that he had to make a free throw and then purposefully miss it, hoping the Lakers could get the rebound and put a shot in to tie it. And that didn't happen. He made Well, he made the free throw, made it a two-point game, missed the free throw. It was actually a pretty good attempt at missing the free throw he got the ball up in the air uh, but Lakers couldn't come down with it and the Lakers lost by two so an unfortunate end where the Lakers had plenty of chances to win to beat the Warriors the second best team in the NBA but they couldn't get it done so I'm torn about it right it's like on one sense from an outsider standpoint it's like well okay the Lakers are competing with the Warriors that's pretty good but then from like my Lakers fan stand like hat it's like they had they were winning they had plenty of chances to win lebron your best player goes up at the free throw line and misses it like that's the thing like with lebron like my biggest pet peeve with lebron is his free throw shooting it's terrible like you can the thing is like you people compare him to michael jordan and kobe bryant and all that stuff and and lebron like from a from a basketball standpoint if i was picking an nba team based on current, well, not current NBA players, but all-time NBA players. If I was picking an NBA team, he probably is my first pick, just given his, like, athleticism and size and, and his, his athletic abilities, right? Like, he can go up against just about anyone in the NBA. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I think LeBron is... Maybe this is controversial. I don't know. I don't think so. Just given, like, it in their prime, if you're picking an NBA team based on all-time NBA players in their prime, I'm taking LeBron first. Does that mean that I think he's the best basketball player of all time? Maybe it does. I don't really know exactly. But, I mean, every basketball player has their strengths and weaknesses, right? Like, there's there's no perfect basketball player. A lot of people would pick Jordan first. Some people would pick Kobe. Some people might pick Bill Russell. I don't know, right? It's like there's just different perspectives when it comes to building a team. But I would probably pick LeBron first. Just, again, seeing seeing what he was able to do in when they won the championship two years ago at age 36, 35, 36, just getting to the hoop. And, like, that wasn't – he's not even in his prime at that point. And he's just destroying everybody, right? Like, that's just, that's we just we've never seen that before. We've never seen that before at that age doing that. So, if I'm building a team, I'm I'm taking LeBron first. Anyways, that's a little bit of a, a sidetrack situation. But my biggest pet peeve with LeBron, even though I do like him, that I said that given I was saying all that just to give some context to show like that I do like LeBron. I do think he's one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. His free throw shooting is awful. I'm assuming it's always been this way. Ever since he came to the Lakers, it's been awful. Maybe it's a Lakers thing. I don't know. But the free throw shooting is bad. And, you, I mean, you know 
Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan are, if they're in that position, they're making all three of those free throws. The game's going to overtime. You know that that's what's happening. With LeBron James, he goes up to the line. I have zero faith and confidence that he's making all three of those free throws. I, and part of me is that maybe it's my me being a fan and me just like having to keep my hopes down to not knowing that if I expect him to make them and he misses them, I'll just be pissed off. I guess I'm mad either way about it, so it doesn't matter. But um, I had zero faith he was going to make those free throws, which a greatest of all time player in the NBA, like that's pretty bad. That's pre- that is pretty bad. I will say that he is that bad at free throw shooting that he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time, but he can't go up and, and sink some free throws to, to win the game. I know Shaq, like Shaq couldn't shoot free throws, and he's considered one of the best basketball players of all time, just given his size and dominance and all that stuff. But it's different for LeBron. He should be able to make those free throws, and he can't, or he doesn't. And the Lakers lost that game. So, I mean, it's not guaranteed that the Lakers would have won the game. There were still two seconds left. Klay Thompson was hitting everything. Klay Thompson ended up with, like, 33 points in the game. Two seconds left. It's possible that the Warriors, given how the Warriors can shoot the ball, that they hit a shot with two seconds, two seconds left to win the game. Game goes into overtime. There's no guarantee the Lakers win that game. But at least, like, it would give the Lakers a chance, right? Like, LeBron lost. Like, I know you can't boil down any game to one play or one situation. But the game was lost in that moment. So, in one sense, LeBron did lose the game for the Lakers, you could say. So, that's frustrating. Again, no guarantee the Lakers actually end up winning that game, even if he makes those free throws. But it's still an upsetting situation. And down the stretch, the Lakers, I mean, like I said, the Lakers had a lead with, like, a couple minutes left in the game. And there was plays where the ball just was not bouncing the Lakers' way. Like, the, the Warriors would jack up a three, and then they would miss it so badly that the ball would bounce off the rim or even just straight up off the backboard to the point where, like, it's hard, it's hard to get rebounds on defense when people are jacking up bad three-point shots, right? Like, it's hard to gauge where the ball is going and stuff. And there was a couple plays where the Warriors jacked up some bad three-pointers. Lakers couldn't get the rebound. They bounce out to, like, Clay Thompson or, like, Jordan Poole from the three-point line, and they, they sink it on the second-chance opportunity. So that killed the Lakers down the stretch. Lakers actually held their turnovers pretty good. They only had eight turnovers in the game, I think. The Warriors had nine, so Lakers were good, pretty good on turnovers. The free throw shooting is what killed the Lakers, though. And it wasn't just LeBron. I mean, LeBron is the most glaring one because the Lakers had a chance to tie the game with two seconds left, and he missed the first free throw of three free throws. So that one, that one's the most glaring, but they shot like 62, 66% from the free throw line in the entire game, which is awful. I mean, the Warriors were like 73%, which, I mean, that's basically 10% better than the Lakers shooting. Lakers lose by two. That's that's kind of the game. The turnovers weren't terrible. Russell Westbrook played okay. He had 19 points. LeBron didn't play that great. I mean, he had LeBron had 26 points, but he only shot like 33% from the field. Anthony Davis only scored 16 points. Taylor Horton Tucker did have a good game off the bench with 17 points. I mean, overall, the Lakers were in a position where they could have won the game. They played pretty well. They just didn't do quite enough. If I were to change one thing, it would have been the free throws. Lakers make their free throws, they win the game. 
again, you could argue that same thing from the Warriors' standpoint, right? If the Warriors make more of their free throws, they win the game, even if, even if the Lakers make more of their free throws. Whatever. Free throw shooting, it, they, it killed the Lakers. It's, it's, it comes down to the smallest things sometimes, especially against these good teams in a close game. It comes down to the smallest things. The free throw shooting, the rebounding, and that's what it was. I mean, bad defensive rebounding, given, giving the Warriors a ton of second-chance opportunities down the stretch to hit big shots and miss free throws. I hope that loss makes LeBron mad. You know, I don't know what gets LeBron motivated these days. I would have a hard time if I were him getting motivated these days. But there's been this, like, Steph Curry slash Warriors versus LeBron rivalry ever since, you know, the, the mid-2010s where they went up against each other in the, in the finals a few years in a row. There's been this rivalry. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this loss especially LeBron missing those free throws, kind of gets him up, motivates him a little bit, and helps the Lakers gets, go on a run. It doesn't get easier from here at this point. I mean, not Lakers play tonight. They play the Jazz. The Lakers beat the Jazz in a great game earlier this season where they, they didn't play great offense, but they played really good defense. They held the Jazz to like 90, what was it, like 90 points maybe? I think they might have won like 95 to 90 or maybe it was like 97, 92. They won by five points in the night. Like the score was in the, within the 90s. So really good defense. Offense could have been better, but they won the game. We know the Lakers can beat the Jazz, so we'll see what happens. The Jazz are one of the, you know, they're one of the top teams in the West. They, during the, the course where the Lakers beat them, they were going through a bit of a, a down stretch where they're losing a good amount of games so we'll see where they're at tonight Lakers again it's what I say every time with the Lakers now it's they definitely can win we saw them beat them earlier this season will they win it's my guess is as good as anyone's I have to I go into this game against the Jazz expecting the Lakers to lose because that's just how they've been this season I don't expect them to be able to like really pull off the win even though they definitely can, and they've shown that they can. So we'll see what happens. Lakers play the Warriors tonight. I mean, or sorry, the Warriors. They play the Jazz tonight. So Lakers are five games below 500. We have a lot of work to do. If the Lakers can pull off an, an, a good winning streak and a, and a run, then it's possible they can make a they can make some moves and, and make some headway in the Western Conference. But things are not looking good. Lakers just got to turn things around. It, it got to take it day by day. I mean, it, it's, it's a cliche situation, but in this point, Lakers have dug themselves such a big hole that the only way to get out of it is to take it game by game, do your best to win every game, and we'll see what happens. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers! Mm -hmm.